From LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm your host, Ryan Dietrich. Uh, it is arguable that interest rates have never been this low. Uh, that's good for borrowers. Uh, it's a negative for savers. Generally speaking, tends to be good for the, the stock market. Uh, bonds are less attractive and easier for businesses to, to borrow. Uh, this is the lowest interest rate environment we've ever had. That's uh, just extraordinary. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Jeff Bookbinder here with my good friend and colleague, Barry Gilbert. Uh, thank you for joining us this week, Barry. We'll fill it in for Ryan. Um, how are you today? I'm doing well, doing well. Uh, if I wasn't already housebound, I, I would be now because uh, you and I are both up in Boston. We've uh, got some snow on the ground. That we do. We both did a little bit of shoveling here. Uh, over the past few days. I guess the foot of snow wasn't enough in that first wave and we got another uh, couple of inches uh, over the weekend. So uh, hopefully you're done with all that Barry and looks like a little warmer weather coming. Um, before we get into the market content, I will say um, I'm, I'm glad that Ryan isn't here because if he was here, he would be reminding me that Ohio State beat Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. So glad we don't have to talk about that. We can focus on the markets. So um, let me give you the agenda here before we jump in. Uh, first, we're gonna talk uh, about the stimulus that is going to a vote in um, uh, the House and the Senate today. It's fully expected to pass 900 billion, give or take. Um, so that certainly will help support uh, the economy and the markets in the near term. We're also going to talk about uh, recent evidence of um, slowing momentum in the U.S. economy. We're still recovering, but certainly that recovery has slowed. Uh, next, talk about the Fed. Barry is our chief Fed watcher, and so we'll get his thoughts on the meeting last week. Uh, that was really the um, one of the biggest stories last week, other than the vaccine rollout and um, and, and the, uh, the lead up to the stimulus agreement. And then we'll close with a, um, a look at some interesting market stats. This is actually our last podcast of the year. We're going to take next week off for the holidays. We'll be back with you in January. Uh, it was, of course, an extraordinary year in, in, in many ways, a year to forget in many ways. But just focusing on markets and the economy, there was some really, really interesting uh, things that happened. And so we'll, we'll pull out some of those here at the end. So let's, um, I guess we can start with just a recap of the markets last week. We were up about a percent and a quarter on the S&P, but, uh, and you can see that here for those watching on YouTube, but the NASDAQ and the Russell 2000 did much better up 3% uh, last week. Certainly, um, you know, some optimism about the economic reopening uh, at work there. You know, Barry, when you look back at last week's solid gains, it was actually the fifth week out of seven we've been higher on the S&P. What, what stands out to you? Uh, progress on the stimulus, because it wasn't very clear, and, uh, and the Fed meeting, which you already mentioned. Uh, stimulus, fiscal, monetary stimulus, uh, fiscal coming from Congress, monetary coming from the Fed. That's been so important to the uh, to the rebound. And we got more signals last week that uh, that both of those are uh, improving or in place. 
Yeah, certainly uh, no surprise at this point that a deal got done over the weekend, but um, certainly there, there was a lot of uncertainty a month or two ago about whether we would get there. Um, so good to see that that, um, that that agreement was put in place. I'll just give you some of the highlights from this stimulus package. Again, the goal here, and this is actually the, the title of our podcast today, a stimulus bridge to economic recovery. The goal of the stimulus is to help prop up the economy uh, while we continue to fight this latest wave of COVID-19. Uh, the, the stimulus uh, proposed still stimulus uh, will you know, get us into the spring. And at that point, certainly a lot more people will be uh, inoculated. We have a number of pieces to this. Again, nothing a surprise based on what we've seen in the reports over the past couple of weeks, but we did, we, we got direct payments to individuals and families. We got small business aid, quite a bit of it. Supplemental unemployment insurance, uh, funding for procurement and distribution of vaccines, uh, relief for hospitals, relief for schools, colleges, uh, rental assistance, uh, the eviction moratorium was extended. There's funding for airlines, for live event venues, some tax credits, just a number of pieces uh, that should help the economy uh, at least withstand the impact of these restrictions that have gone into effect here of, over just the last few weeks, particularly on the coasts. So, um, you know, the last piece of this to get it done, uh, we did... Um, see the state and local government funding removed. Uh, that helped get this to the finish line. Very controversial. Certainly the Republicans don't want that. The Democrats do. No liability shield for businesses. The, um, the Republicans wanted that. Democrats didn't. Those came out and that paved the way um, for, um, for a deal. Now, Barry, this is going to be even more important, this stimulus support. Now that we've gotten the news over the weekend about this UK strain, of the virus, um, what, what can you tell us about that? What do we know at this point? Uh, we know that there are a lot of travel restrictions around the UK. Uh, the, this mutation uh, they think is transmitted uh, more easily. Uh, what might be more important is the things that, uh, that we, we don't know or that we need to discover. Uh, it's unusual for a mutation this quickly to um, have a vaccine not work for it. So, you know, our, we suspect that the, the vaccine is still likely to be effective. It's possible that it will be uh, less effective, but we, we still have to, uh, to see. I think right now everyone's just being cautious. A lot of these travel measures initially, they're just short term so that uh, there's a little time to, to stop and think and, and figure things out. But uh, UK is being very careful, um, probably its strictest shutdown since, uh, since last March. Yeah, most countries are um, banning travel to and from the UK. Um, the strain, uh, I think, has been observed in a few other places. So, you know, we don't have reason to believe the vaccines won't work on this latest strain, but certainly it's, it's very early. Uh, we will certainly have to uh, wait and see. We also don't have evidence that it's more deadly. Hopefully, uh, we don't get that either. Um, so, you know, stimulus is very important in that we're going to see more restrictions in the near term, not less. And so for those of you viewing on YouTube, you'll see here we have um, um, 
you know, added up all of this stimulus and put it in percentage terms relative to GDP, just to make the point of how, how aggressive policymakers have been, both the Fed and uh, members of Congress and the White House. So um, the, you know, in 2008, the crisis was just slower to evolve. Uh, fiscal stimulus then was only about 1% of GDP in 08. We got about 10% of GDP this year uh, in, in fiscal stimulus. So just many times the amount delivered to, to juice the economy in the first year. And, and now that we're gonna get this additional jolt of stimulus in 2021, we're actually looking at about 6% of GDP next year in stimulus. If we assume that the stimulus all hits uh, next year, that's about in line with what we got in 2009. So add all that up, 16% of stimulus 16% uh, of GDP in fiscal stimulus, uh, that is uh, more than double uh, what we got in the financial crisis. And then turning to the Fed, and, and I'll ask you to weigh in on this, Barry, the, um, the Fed has increased its balance sheet by about 15% of GDP this year. That's also more than triple what we did, or what the Fed did in 2008. We'll see what happens next year. But just really bold and prompt response to stimulus. Yeah, this was uh, so important um, for restoring confidence in the economy, uh, getting markets to start functioning smoothly again on, on both sides. And uh, the, the turnaround was, uh, was fast. It, it happened very quickly. Uh, we do know the Fed's going to continue to uh, purchase bonds uh, in 2021. So we'll have support on that side uh, as well. Um, and it's just important to keep in mind that this was to fill a hole that we knew would be there in the economy that we expected at the time would be there temporarily. Uh, we weren't sure then, it's looking clear that it, it will be temporary. Uh, but we knew that uh, you know, we were making the decision to uh, have some shutdowns or stay home or, or be a little bit less active uh, and uh, we're just filling in that gap. It's, it's pretty amazing how quickly Congress and, uh, and the Fed responded to that. Yeah, we, we needed a bridge and uh, we, we got a, a big one. Maybe it's, it was less than ideal to have to wait uh, so long for this latest package uh, given the need out there, but uh, nonetheless, uh, this is uh, certainly gonna be very helpful as we uh, continue this battle for the next few months. So um, let's transition next to the recent evidence of slowing momentum in the economy. We, you know, and looking back at last week, that, that this was probably one of the more popular narratives uh, as we, you know, looked to stimulus and vaccines, um, you know, and this probably did help push policymakers over the finish line here, right? We've seen a number of pieces of economic data that have suggested the economy is slowing. Um, this is one of them. This is the uh, leading economic index, the index of leading economic indicators, uh, which, um, you know, Barry, you, you pay close attention to this. It has a lead time of about six months. It's a basket of 10 different indicators that collectively have shown the ability to forecast uh, the direction uh, of the economy. And, and this has slowed a little bit here recently. Yeah, all the data that we've seen uh, has 
said that we're seeing an economic slowdown. This one is leading. We have a lot of short-term indicators uh, that have seen it uh, as well. Uh, it goes back to that theme of, uh, of building a bridge. Uh, you know, we expect that this is going to be temporary, uh, might be months, but we are seeing the signs that uh, the economy is not growing as quickly. Uh, there's even some potential that we could see a, a, a modest contraction. Yeah, some, some Wall Street firms are forecasting a contraction in GDP in the U.S. in the first quarter. It's, it's looking likely that we'll see some growth in the fourth quarter, but we'll have to see uh, what happens as we start the new year. Uh, some other pieces of evidence that uh, the economy uh, is slowing down. The job market here, jobless claims are up the past two weeks. The, and that may continue, uh, unfortunately, you know, one easy example is restaurants. It's harder to do outdoor dining in cold weather areas. And so, you know, you may see more layoffs, certainly in restaurants. And um, I mean, there are a number of other uh, restrictions and closures that will occur as a result of this latest wave, which is still worse than the first two waves. Um, so um, we'll, we'll probably see this, this indicator go a little bit higher. Still, uh, you, you don't want to dismiss the, the massive improvement, right? I mean, from 7 million claims back in March to now, um, you know, in the 800,000 range. Big improvement. The, the, the job market has clearly benefited significantly from uh, the reopening of the economy since the more severe lockdowns in the spring. We're just going to have to watch this in the near term. You could end up seeing another you know, million uh, print on weekly claims here over the next uh, uh, month or two. And then we also got a, uh, the first decline in retail sales since uh, the spring. I think they rose every month since April before the revisions took the October reading down slightly. Then we got another down reading in November. So uh, certainly um, the um, uh, retail sales and the important consumer, the biggest piece of the economy we'll have to watch closely. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, we have this new strain of the virus uh, discovered in the UK that's probably going to lead to more restrictions than we even know about right now. So, um, you know, this is why we need that bridge. Um, let's turn to the Fed. The, um, this is your specialty, Barry. Um, you know, we had the Fed meeting last week. People thought, you know, maybe we would get an increase in bond purchases, uh, and we didn't. Some people were worried that if the Fed did nothing, that could be perceived as um, a disappointment. It looks like the Fed gave us uh, just enough to please the markets, right? Yeah, just enough is, is right. What we got is guidance, uh, clearer guidance on, on bond purchases. Uh, initially, uh, market participants uh, thought this wasn't uh, enough when I say initially for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Uh, and then uh, Fed Chair Jerome Powell had a press conference. He uh, convinced a lot of market participants that in fact this was significant. Uh, one of the reasons that it's significant, uh, you can see uh, if, if you have this in front of, front of you or you can recall, uh, when in the last cycle when the Fed was doing this bond purchase program, uh, it stopped it twice. We had quantitative easing or QE1, QE2, QE3, uh, and had to, uh, to get it going uh, again and bring the, the support back. And that's, uh, that's not a mistake that they want to make this time. Um, 
And so uh, Powell provided greater clarity on how long they're going to be buying bonds. And that actually matters to the market. Uh, market knows that the support is going to be in place for a while. Uh, of course, if the economy starts doing uh, absolutely great, the, the Fed might uh, shift its policy a little bit. Um, but the guidance is, uh, is still pretty important. And uh, Jeff covered the, the fiscal side of the things. This is the, the monetary side of things. This matters too. Part of what's important about this is, uh, you know, people keep asking, when is the Fed going to run out of policy tools or have they run out of policy tools? Um, are they out of ammunition? And uh, pretty clearly they've shown uh, again and again, uh, the answer so far has been no, there's still a lot that they can do if they need to in order to support the economy. And there's a whole lot of support in place right now. Yeah, that is for sure. Uh, the, so, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be tough for the, for the Fed to please markets last week if they didn't increase purchases or shift around what they were purchasing, but they managed to uh, thread that needle. Uh, so, um, you know, good job by Powell and company keeping the markets placated. I guess the, the real test for me is going to come next year. We could see a real surge in economic activity in the second half of 2021. In fact, that's probably our base case, right? Once um, you know enough people are vaccinated that these restrictions can all come off and people are more comfortable getting out and doing anything, you know, everything that they used to do, um, there's going to be some pent-up demand. So a, a surge in economic activity in the second half of the year uh, could cause market-based interest rates, primarily the 10-year, uh, to move higher, could cause inflation probably will cause inflation to move higher. The Fed might say that's temporary and it, it probably is, uh, but it'll be, it'll be tough uh, for them to stick with this guidance through next year. They, they will be tested, uh, at least based on how we in LPR Research view the world. Uh, that will be uh, very interesting to watch. So uh, for Fed watchers like Barry, uh, I, think, I think you're gonna be entertained. Uh, come, uh, you know, back half of 2021. So um, why don't we move on to the, the last segment uh, that we had for you today, which is um, interesting market stats for 2020. You know, it was such a difficult year uh, for all of us. Um, you know, certainly we, we don't want to dismiss the, the human tragedy and, and suffering by so many out there. But at the same time, um, you really have to be impressed with how resilient the stock market has been. I think, um, you know, if you would point to one reason why uh, stocks have done so well, it's that, it, it's that the market and market participants have been able to look ahead to recovery, right? The ability of the market to look forward uh, has, has really helped drive this recovery, the rebound from the from the bear market and, and caused the S&P to actually produce 31 record highs this year, which is really uh, amazing. We got one new high after uh, Ryan created this chart, which shows 30 this year. 31 new highs, um, a lot more for the NASDAQ than that. Um, really amazing. So, you know, we put together just a list of some other really neat uh, market stats. And certainly a lot of these suggest further gains ahead. 
by the way, which is what really matters most to investors. And we, as we put out in our 2021 outlook, do expect uh, solid gains for stocks in 2021. Um, for me, what stands out the most is that we, we were down over 30% and are still going to end higher. J just remarkable to come back. That's never been done before. Not in the history of the S&P 500, even back to the S&P 90, um, you know, going back 90 years. Um, for the first time since 82, we had two 10% up months. Um, some of these are policy related. We had 11 up years in a row when we've had a split Congress. Now, obviously the year is not over, but we're gonna make the assumption that uh, uh, stocks are finished for the year higher. We had um, stocks were up in a year when the president was up for reelection. The last time we had a down year under those circumstances, FDR. Uh, first time since 1884, when a new democratic president didn't bring the Senate with him that actually um, is what caused so many people to think the Senate would go Democrat, policy strategists. Um, uh, and it, it might still with the Georgia, um, you know, Senate runoffs coming, but most likely it appears the, um, the Republicans will hold the Senate. Uh, we had negative oil prices in the futures market. That was a while back, but remember that Barry, that was really, really strange. Uh, it, of course, reversed pretty quickly, but uh, there were folks paying a lot of money to get oil delivery off their plates. Um, that's my list, um, which and some of those certainly came from, from Ryan. Um, Barry, what stands out for you this year? Yeah, I would just add one, uh, interest rates, extraordinarily low. Uh, Short-term interest rates have been low this low before. Uh, Long-term interest rates, uh, never been this low in U.S. history. Uh, I saw a chart that somebody did of 5,000 years of interest rate history for the, the major global economy. Uh, it is arguable that interest rates have never been this low. Uh, that's good for borrowers. Uh, it's a negative for savers. Generally speaking, tends to be good for the, the stock market. Uh, bonds are less attractive and easier for businesses to, to borrow. Uh, so just never seen anything, uh, anything like this. Um, whether you look at the history of records that we have, U.S. Uh, history from reconstructed data, or even back uh, into global history, uh, this is the lowest interest rate environment we've ever had. That's uh, just extraordinary. Yeah, I, I think the 10-year yield went to 37 basis points, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, hopefully that ends this <laughs> many-decade bond bull market. And um, we'll start to see transition toward more normal yields uh, next year and beyond. But yes, yeah, certainly the interest rate environment um, has been um, truly uh, extraordinary, no doubt, and is one of the things that probably everybody should have in their 2020 year in review pieces uh, over the next uh, week or 10 days. So um, let's go ahead and end it there. Um, let me uh, thank Barry for, for jumping in here and filling in for, for Ryan uh, on the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. Again, um, we're going to take next week off for the holidays. We'll be back with you after New Year's. So everybody have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And we look forward to uh, being back with you uh, in a couple of weeks for the next LPL Market Signals. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. This material was provided by LPL Financial. 
is for general information only and is not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. There is no assurance that the views or strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Any economic forecasts set forth in the podcast may not develop as predicted and are subject to change. References to markets, asset classes, and sectors are generally regarding the corresponding market index. All indexes are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. Index performance is not indicative of the performance of any investment. All performance reference is historical and it's no guarantee of future results. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. Securities and advisory services offered through Elkdale Financial, a registered investment advisor and broker-dealer. Member FINRA and SIPC. Insurance products are offered through LPL or its licensed affiliates. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered investment advisor that is not an LPL affiliate, Please note, LPL makes no representation with respect to such entity. If your financial professional is located at a bank or credit union, please note that the bank or credit union is not registered as a broker-dealer or investment advisor. These products and services are being offered through LPL or its affiliates, which are separate entities from and not affiliates of the bank or credit union. Securities and insurance offered through LPL or its affiliates are not insured by the FDIC or NCUA or any government agency. Not bank or credit union guaranteed, not bank or credit union deposits or obligations and may lose value.